Indian had crudely voiced a skepticism I had heard more delicately hinted in New York, and singularly enough, which had strengthened on our way west, as we met ranchers, prospectors, and cowboys. But those few men I had fortunately met, who really knew Jones, more than overbalanced the doubt and ridicule cast upon him. I recalled a scarred old veteran of the plains, who had talked to me in true western bluntness. "'Say, young feller,' I heard you couldn't get across the canyon for the deep snow on the North Rim. Well, you're lucky. Now you hit the trail for New York and keep going. Don't ever tackle the desert, especially with them Mormons. They've got water on the brain, more certain religion. It's 250 miles from Flagstaff to Jones Range, and only two drinks on the trail. I know this yar Buffalo Jones. I know him way back in the 70s when he was doing them roping stunts that made him famous as the preserver of the American bison. I know about that crazy trip of his into the barren lands after muskox, and I reckon I can guess what he'll do over there in the Siwash. He'll rope cougars, sure he will, and watch him jump. Jones would rope the devil and tie him down if the lasso didn't burn. Oh, he's hell on roping things. And he's worse than hell on men, and horses, and dogs. All that my well-meaning friends suggested made me, of course, only the more eager to go with Jones. Where I had once been interested in the old buffalo hunter, I was now fascinated. And now I was with him in the desert and seeing him as he was, a simple, quiet man who fitted the mountains and the silences and the long reaches of distance. "'It does seem hard to believe all this about Jones,' remarked Judd, one of Emmett's men. How could a man have the strength and the nerve? And isn't it cruel to keep wild animals in captivity? It against God's word? Quick as speech could flow, Jones quoted, And God said, Let us make man in our image, and give him dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, over all the cattle, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Dominion! Over all the beasts of the field, repeated Jones, his big voice rolling out. He clenched his huge fists and spread wide his long arms. Dominion! That was God's word. The power and intensity of him could be felt. Then he relaxed, dropped his arms, and once more grew calm. But he had shown a glimpse of the great, strange, and absorbing passion of his life. Once he had told me how, when a mere child... He had hazarded limb and neck to capture a fox squirrel, how he had held on to the vicious little animal, though it bit his hand through, how he had never learned to play the games of boyhood, that when the youths of the little Illinois village were at play, he roamed the prairies or the rolling wooded hills or watched a gopher hole. That boy was father of the man. For sixty years, an enduring passion for dominion over wild animals had possessed him and made his life an endless pursuit. Our guests, the Navajos, departed early, and vanished silently in the gloom of the desert. We settled down again into a quiet that was broken only by the low chant-like song of a praying Mormon. Suddenly the hounds bristled, and old Mose, a surly and aggressive dog, rose and barked at some real or imaginary desert prowler. A sharp command from Jones made Mose crouch down, and the other hounds cowered close together. "'Better tie up the dogs,' suggested Jones." Like as not coyotes run down here from the hills. The hounds were my especial delight, but Jones regarded them with considerable contempt. When all was said, this was no small wonder, 
for that quintet of long-eared canines would have tried the patience of a saint. Old Mose was a Missouri hound that Jones had procured in that state of uncertain qualities, and the dog had grown old over coon trails. He was black and white, grizzled and battle-scarred, and if ever a dog had an evil eye, Mose was that dog. He had a way of wagging his tail, an indeterminate, equivocal sort of wag, as if he realized his ugliness and knew he stood little chance of making friends, but was still hopeful and willing. As for me, the first time he manifested this evidence of a good heart under a rough coat, he won me forever. To tell of Moses' derelictions up to that point would take more space than would a history of the whole trip, but the enumeration of several incidents will at once stamp him as a dog of character, and will establish the fact that even if his progenitors had never taken any blue ribbons, they had at least bequeathed him fighting blood. At Flagstaff, we chained him in the yard of a livery.